Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins of Death podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Now, I know all the rave, all the talk in South Florida right now is on the two teams getting ready to start their championship series. We got the Miami Heat uh, up in Denver about to kick off game one of the NBA Finals on Wednesday and the Panthers in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Uh, the first of that best of se- first game of that best of seven series is starting on Saturday. So all the attention is on there, on, on those two teams and those two series. But we still got some Dolphins news to recap. Uh, the Dolphins fresh off the Memorial Day weekend, holding their second open OTA practice. Uh, Mike McDaniel spoke before practice. Uh, we had a couple of players speak after practice and some interesting developments taking place uh, at the Baptist Health Training Complex. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that um, recent days. Uh, Mike McDaniel and on Wednesday morning, Mike McDaniel confirmed that the team will be holding a pair of joint practices with the Houston Texans. Uh, so that's the second set of joint practices they're going to have in training camp ahead of preseason games. Um, they're also hosting uh, the Atlanta Falcons ahead of their first preseason game. Uh, so Dolphins um, slowly but surely getting closer to the season, getting some things together with their training camp schedule. And like I said, on Wednesday, they held their second open OTA practice. So we're going to get into all of that, uh, starting with the offense and with what was a very, very strong day for the offense, particularly Tua Tungabailoa. Um, now I know, as always, all the attention is on Tua. How is he looking? Is he on point? Is he struggling? Um, and, and I will say, after what was kind of a just a normal day for him uh, last in last week's open OTA practice, I think that he showed really good command of the offense. I think he had the biggest play of the afternoon, uh, which was a 45-yarder to Robbie Chosen down the field, middle of the field, um, as, after he split a pair of defenders. Um, but but again, overall, I thought it was a very, very strong day for him. Um, you know, I never want to make too much of OTA practices, um, but I did think that um, it was a day where he showed great command of the offense, not a lot of passes uh, hitting the ground in team drills. Um, and that's definitely what you want to see from somebody who's entering their fourth year, second year in the system, just having a real confidence in it. And particularly without Tyreek Hill now again. These practices are all voluntary sessions until we get to mandatory minicamp and training camp. So you never want to make a big deal um, about who's there and who's not. Um, but I, I kind of made an offhand comment during practice that I, I think that Tyreek Hill not being in attendance might honestly be a good thing for Tua and this offense because, uh, you know, they were so dependent on him last year. And we know that Tyreek is going to be a big part of this offense. Um, and as well as Jalen Waddle, but I think it's important for him to build rapport with some of the returning guys, as well as the newcomers, particularly guys that are uh, competing for that number three wide receiver spot, that being Robbie Chosen, Eric Azucama, Cedric Wilson, River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios. Um, all those guys, I think, had really good days, which we're going to get into later. Um, but again, really strong day for Tua. Um, uh, Mike McDaniel spoke about um, kind of a new, you know, 
not I won't say new, but new to the team um, thing that they're doing. And with Tua, I know a lot of people saw pictures on social media, but Tua, as well as the other quarterbacks, have been wearing a, uh, a camera attached, a video camera attached to uh, the helmet. Um, like the Daniel said, you know, they can see, they can hear everything that comes from the huddle and they can see Tua's kind of line of vision. Um, so, you know, Mike McDaniel said that having that camera and kind of looking back um, at it, at the video footage after the fact, it allows him to really drive home certain uh, teaching points. It allows him to kind of see where his eyes are, what he's doing with this progression. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. We haven't heard from Tua yet, uh, but it is going to be interesting to hear um, kind of what Tua has learned from, you know, having that extra uh, footage. Because, you know, you have the All-22, but this is uh, an opportunity to really see things from his perspective. So it's kind of like an extra pair of eyes for Tua. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I thought it was a very strong day for Tua, as well as back with quarterbacks, uh, Skylar Thompson and Mike White. I uh, had Skylar connecting with Braylon Sanders for a deep pass and team drills. Uh, Mike White, I know he threw an interception in the uh, the first open OTA practice. Uh, no turnovers for him today. Um, again, he moved the ball well down the field. He connected with uh, Cedric Wilson on a really nice sideline grab by the intermediate uh, throw and catch. Um, uh Back in team drills. Um, so that was good to see as well, because um, again, you know, the, the backup spot, as I've been saying, it's you know, one one of the more important, uh, one of the more important, you know, posi- positions up for grabs for the Dolphins given to his injury history. You know, the hope is that knock on wood that he plays all 17 games and more. Um, but if not, um, you know, they really need capable and steady backup play if one of those guys has gone to the, into action. So definitely a good sign to see both of them uh, showing, you know, proficient command of the offense as well. Um, and, and as I alluded to before, you know, the wide receiver three battle is really heating up um, again with Tyree Kill not at the two open OTA practice voluntary sessions. Um, it's been a real opportunity for pretty much the others to step up. Jalen Waddle is Jalen Waddle. He had a really active day early in team drills. Um, he had a nice leaping or uh, kind of extension grab, jumping up and uh, getting a grab over the middle of the field. But again, it's a, it's a real opportunity for one of those guys, um, those other guys to step up. And we've seen through two OTA practices that, um, you know, multiple guys, it seems, can get the job done. As I said before, Cedric Wilson, uh, Braylon Sanders, who was a practice squad guy, but he was called up a couple of times. He made uh, some plays as well. Um, not the, kind of more of a quiet day from Eric Zucama. Didn't really see him much in team, in team drills. But as I said before, Robbie Chosen, Braxton Barrios, all those guys making plays. Um, and it was interesting to to hear um, Cedric Wilson speak after practice. And this was probably the first time since late in the season that we've spoken to him and just did some trade rumors and whatnot. Um, but he reiterated that he wants to be um, in Miami, you know, despite, you know, the trade rumors and things not going his way in terms of opportunities in 2022. Um, he went on to say that the thing that he likes about this offense is that anybody can get the ball. Um, that's just the way it's built. You know, obviously Tyreek and Jalen are going to dominate the targets. Um, but again, I think there's a real, real opportunity for, um, one of those guys to step up and it's going to be interesting to see what the Dolphins, you know, really do. Obviously we're not allowed to divulge scheme and, you know, specifics of, of plays and whatnot. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Dolphins do, not only for replacing Trent Sherfield, but Mike Gusecki, Um, because uh, Mike was kind of, Mike Gusecki was kind of a high, essentially a hybrid slot, big slot wide receiver. Um, but Trent really took on a lot of duties uh, in terms of not only catching and blocking. Um, so, you know, 
Mike McDaniel was asked about replacing Mike Gusecki and kind of that vertical seam threat. Um, and he said, hey, there's a lot of wide receivers that could probably step into that role as well. It's not necessarily that they need a tight end to uh, to fill that role. And obviously they have uh, Durham Smythe, who's more in line. Um, they never they didn't really get a, a Mike Gusecki replacement, so to speak. Um, they did draft um, Elijah Higgins um, from Stanford, and he's converting from wide receiver to tight end. Um, and he has that, you know, that body type and that skill set to potentially take on that role. But McDaniel said that, you know, it could potentially be a wide receiver that takes on some of those similar duties. Um, so I think the Dolphins are going to have a lot of very tough decisions. I mean, he's spoken for several weeks and months about how strong this uh, this roster is from top to bottom. But when you look at two positions, and one I'm going to talk about in the second half of the podcast, when we talk about the wide receiver spot, um, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions because, again, you have – I would say two guys for sure that are without a doubt going to make this roster in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, and then you have a third guy in Braxton Barrios who is competing for the number three spot. But I think he's like very, very – his spot on the 53-man roster is pretty set. Um, if he's not the number three receiver, he's probably going to be number four or and as well as be a top return specialist for them. But after that, um, you know, you have a lot of question marks. You really don't know. I think Eric Azukama as a – a former fourth round pick is going to make the roster, but you know, where does he slot in terms of the offensive uh, depth chart? I mean, that's a fair question. And like I said before, Robbie chosen, um, you know, Cedric Wilson, does a team, you know, jump in and trade for him. Chris Greer admitted and acknowledged that the team has, uh, you know, taken some phone calls and teams have called about Cedric Wilson. Um, but I, I think that as it stands right now, uh, it's best to definitely keep him and allow him to compete for that. Cause who knows he might emerge as that number three guy. He was a top slot receiver with the Dallas Cowboys a couple years back, which is why he got the deal that he got from the Dolphins. Um, so there's a lot of uh, good competition for the wide receiver three spot. Um, and I think that, you know, we're just going to see that continue as we uh, continue to progress into uh, management mini camp and training camp and get into the preseason. Um, last note from the offense from uh, second open OTAs practices, Devon A. Chain. Um, I think I think the Dolphins got something there. I really do. Um, you know, third round pick, um, fastest running back in the draft class. We spoke last week about um, the impact he's making in the passing game. Didn't catch as many passes or wasn't targeted as much in this second open OTA practice. Um, but he's still, you know, the Dolphins are finding they're finding ways to get the ball in his hands. And if you know the first two practices are any indication, um, they that's going to be a staple of the offense that they're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he got past the defense for a long grab across the sideline today. Um, and again, can't divulge too much into scheme. Um, but Mike McDaniel is going to be creative in terms of getting the ball in the hands of this guy. Um, he's made a really strong impression on the media, the coaches and his teammates, uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I believe they were down um, in, in Texas for uh, Tyree Kill's camp. I know he's having like a speed camp or something like that. Um, he's been doing that in some different spots across the country. Um, they were in Texas last weekend, I believe, um, and they had rave reviews about uh, Devon A. Chain. And again, second OTA practice where um, he's making plays. Uh, so he's a guy to continue to look out for uh, as the season progresses. I know that they have a, a log jam, so to speak, in the backfield with Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Miles Gaskin, Salon Ahmed. I know that there's still rumblings about um, Dalvin Cook and Barry and I reported, um, you know, about that in terms of what the Dolphins can do um, after they get the post-June one money from Byron Jones' release. But uh, I will say, I think the Dolphins got somebody there. 
got something there with Devon Achan. Um, and he's going to be a very, very key part of this offense if the first two practices are any indication. And hey, they just do practices. Uh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong several times, but uh, he's looking like a guy. Uh, so just quick hidden notes and thoughts on uh, the offense from second open OTA practice. Um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, uh, we're going to get into the defense, um, what I thought from that group, um, as well as some more stuff. So stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins of the Depth, talking all things Dolphins, recapping the Dolphins' second OTA practice open to second OTA practice open to uh, reporters and media. Um, the first half um, broke down some thoughts on the offense, strong days from Tua, uh, really all the quarterbacks. Um, only one was intercepted. I'm going to get into that. Um, the second half, um, strong day for pretty much the other wide receivers uh, stepping up, continuing to make plays, um, as well as Devon A. Chain continuing to make a strong impression uh, and an impact in the passing game. Now, the second half, we're going to talk on the defense. And I want to first start um, kind of combining the, my thoughts on the Dolphins' at defense as it relates to the offense, because, um, you know, in, in OTAs, you hear so much about and just, you know, all these summer and spring practices, you hear a lot about, you know, this side of the ball, looking really good and just the general inclination is to think all right well if this side is doing good uh if this if the offense is doing good the defense is struggling or if the defense is looking good the offense is struggling and, I, I, and sometimes that might be the case but for the most part i mean a lot of these practices you see a lot of back and forth effort it's not usually that one side just outwardly dominates um one practice over the other and i say that because again i was mentioning in the first half how uh there are multiple times where the offense connected on deep passes beating the defense yes um but you always put it into kind of proper context and i will say i didn't mention it in the first half but I, I will mention it now um you know no xavier howard no Jalen ramsey and team drills didn't see them at the second open ota practice um didn't don't didn't want to make too much of a, a deal about it because again it's voluntary a lot of the vets don't show up until the mandatory camp training camp but you know it always is good and prudent to put that proper perspective in however i will say again while defense did allow some deep passes um overall and not speaking just to this practice or the practice we watched last week um but just from what we know about defensive coordinator dick Fangio's scheme it's a defense that is is built to to force offenses to work their way methodically down the field um and kind of kind of trick them into making mistakes and being overly aggressive because we know in the NFL, it's all about the offense. It's all about the big plays. So it's this offense, this defense, I should say, is is predicated and built around limiting the big plays. Um, so outside of those two deep passes, I thought it was a very good day for the defense. Um, you know, they didn't really allow too much. They forced the quarterbacks to get to the check down. And I'll say that's kind of a win-win if you think about it. 
Um, because if you know the coverage on the back end and the pass rush is sound enough that you're forcing uh, quarterbacks to kind of get to the outlets, dump it down to the running backs or tight end, whoever is kind of underneath, I think that's a win as long as you you know rally to the ball and prevent yards after catch. Um, you know, so it's it's good for the defense. But it's also good for the offense because you're not forcing anything. I mean, you don't want to do that. You want you don't want to get into a position where. Um, you're throwing the ball into tight windows and getting pass breakups or potential turnovers and interceptions and whatnot. So I thought there were a lot of kind of win-wins, or if you really want to side it one way, kind of wins for the defense. Um, and and kind of a big macro perspective and outlook on the impact of Vic Fangio on this defense, I think it's actually going to be beneficial for the offense in the long run. Um, I think that we saw – the second half of the season and kind of that last month, we saw Tua and the offense struggle with these types of defense that are playing kind of the two high cover shells. And, you know, they got two safeties deep, they're dropping guys into coverage and not really rushing a lot um, and kind of forcing those tough window throws. Uh, we saw Tua kind of struggle with that at times. And I think that these several months of offseason practice and training camp practices are actually going to be beneficial and kind of like I said, rewiring in reprogramming um, the thought process of the offense because they were so successful um, targeting, pushing the ball downfield, pushing the ball in the intermediate uh, areas of the field, pushing the ball 10 to 15 yards and over the, between the hash and between the numbers. Like that was like, there was a time where like, that's all the offense did. Um, and while it was very successful, I think that we saw that when they struggled against the 49ers and the Chargers and some other teams, we saw that they didn't really have like the, or the, um, the correct counters um, and kind of the wrinkles in the offense to 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 get past that. Um, I, I mentioned it in a story uh, last week. Um, you know, how can the Dolphins' offense improve? Um, and I think part of that is building off of what they did in 2022, but also adding wrinkles to you know to stymie and to work around the ways the defense are going to try to stop them. And I think that targeting the short part of the field, particularly the short middle part of the field. Is going to be very beneficial. That's why I think Devontae Chain could have such a big impact because, you know, running routes out of the backfield and whatnot, I think that's an area that he could take advantage of, catch the ball and get yards after catch. Um, this defense, a lot of times, the defense that the Dolphins are going to be facing, you know, every day in training camp and whatnot, um, you know, they're going to force them to target that part of the field because they're not going to allow them to get past them and they're going to, you know, put a lot of guys in zone coverages. Um, so, again, I, I think from a macro perspective, I think this is kind of one of those kind of sneaky – storylines and things that you might not think of on the surface, but it's like, all right, the Dolphins are going to, and Tua specifically is going up against a defense that has given them troubles. Um, and not only, you know, this past season, but in years past. Um, so, you know, finding different counters for that defense, uh, I think it's going to be very beneficial once they get into real games against, um, you know, live opponents in the regular season. Because again, teams are going to be watching that film for the last half of the season. They're going to see the ways that teams shut down the Dolphins offense. And, you know, they might not replicate it, but they're going to take part of that game plan and try to use it against them. So I think this is very beneficial. And these are very key practices, not only for what the offense can do as, as you know, in a, in a vacuum, um, but because of the defense that they're playing. But um, this is kind of my big picture thoughts on the defense and what it can do for the offense. Um, getting specific to uh, what we saw um, Wednesday, just a couple hours ago, recording straight out, no, straight coming back from the Dolphins practice facility. Um, I really want to harp on the competition at cornerback because I think that, as I said before, there's going to be a lot of competition at wide receiver, um, but a lot of competition at cornerback. Again, no Jalen Ramsey, no Xavier Howard today. 
Um, so an opportunity for a lot of the younger guys to come in, get some snaps and make plays. And I'll say one of them, actually multiple guys uh, made plays, but uh, the one interception, the one turnover um, actually came from Noah Ibnogany, um, seven on sevens, undercutting a route thrown by James Blackman and picking it off. Likely pick six, but seven on sevens, um, you know, plays dead um, after that. Um, Cam Smith, second round rookie, the Dolphins top draft pick in this, pre, in this uh, I guess, last month or, or so's draft, two months ago's draft. Um, he undercut her out, had a pass breakup. Kidder Cole getting some snaps and getting some good reps. Um, again, a lot of competition at cornerback. And if you're the Dolphins, this is what you want to see, especially after a season in which the position was decimated. Um, again, you look at the the depth chart of the roster right now, um, there might be some tough decisions in terms of cornerbacks. I mean, the Dolphins honestly probably have more cornerbacks than they can roster um, as it stands. Because um, like I said, you have two guys who are for sure going to make the roster. I'll say, I, I mean, two for sure starters in Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. Um, and then you have Cam Smith, who has a second round pick, is going to make the roster. Kater Kohu, who was a starter this previous season, he's going to have a role. Um, so you have four guys right there, um, four cornerbacks that are for sure going to make the roster. And then you're, you're kind of getting into some guys who are kind of up in there. You have some guys that are returning from injuries. Um, you have some guys who are, you know, former top draft picks and Noah Ibnogany, like, the Dolphins declined his uh, fifth option. Um, so there's kind of some, some questions around him. They can, in theory, cut him um and you know they have to take on a little bit of a dead cap charge so that's going to be very interesting but again um you have nick needham who's coming off the achilles hasn't practiced yet sure williams coming off the acl hasn't practiced with practice yet and then you have some uh some some just special team standouts who you know the dolphins are going to keep certain guys just because of what they can do on special teams so just Roberto, keon cross and you would think that guys like that have a really strong chance to make the roster um but as it stands i mean just counting you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I would say nine guys that are legitimately competing for for roster spots, or not roster spots, but nine guys in the mix for uh for roster spots. Um, and among those, again, as I said before, you have guys that are for sure going to make the roster. Um, but you know, the Dolphins keep six cornerbacks. I think there's a good chance they keep six cornerbacks just because of um. You need depth at the position. You know, you're going to play three cornerbacks on most plays anyway. Do they keep seven? I'm not sure. You start to get into an interesting numbers game, um, and there will be legitimate competition for that. Um, but again, as I said, on the offensive side, you love to see the production from the wide receiver spot. You also love to see the uh, production from the cornerback spot. Um, and we got a lot of that in Wednesday's practice. Um, last two nuggets for the defense before I get out of here. Um, another active day for the defensive front. Um, now, again, always want to put it in the proper context. The Dolphins um, don't have two guys who are, you know, projected starters um, on the offensive line um, not participating. Um, but they don't have – they have two projected starters not participating, um, that being Teron Armstead and uh, Connor Williams. Um, Teron Armstead, obviously, a vet – um, you know, dealt with a lot of injuries. Probably not going to see him until training camp. I mean, I, I'm assuming he'll be in the round for mandatory minicamp, um, but won't practice much, if at all. Uh, but nonetheless, an active day from uh, the defensive front again. I think Jalen Phillips had a very, very good day. 
Um, he was in the backfield, I counted twice in the backfield, one for a likely sack, another time disrupting uh, a run play. Um, so that was good to see. I think for for Jalen Phillips, it's it's interesting to see the the progression um in his in his his overall growth because in year one, he was a player who maybe wasn't ready to take on the take on the play the every down task. And that's something that he mentioned he wanted to do, getting more um stout as a run defender and becoming an every down player. And I think he accomplished that goal in year two. Um but the key for him now is not only being an every down player, but being, you know, how, how do I say it? He, he's an every down player, um, but now he needs to be a player that the opposing offense has to account for for every play. So you might be on the field every play, but are you making an impact or in some type of way, whether it's, you know, you know being stout against the running, getting uh, a run stuff, is it uh, pressuring the, the, the quarterback or is it, you know, being such an impact player that you force uh, you, you know, command a double team and you're opening stuff up for your teammates. I mean, that's the next step for Jalen Phillips. And if he can um, really develop into that, like a bona fide Pro Bowl guy, as well as Bradley Chubb um, getting to that form, um, the sky's doing it for the defense. I mean, we talk about the talent on the defense at every level. Um, you know, if guys play to their potential, um, I think this is the makings of a top defense. Um, so not only Jalen Phillips um, having a good day for me, Raekwon Davis was in the backfield as well. We saw him um, kind of burst through the line. Um, and that's always been kind of like the the interesting subplot for Raekwon Davis. We know he's the Dolphins' top nose tackle. Um, he's their run stuffer. He's going to command a lot of double teams and open things up for other guys. Um, but, you know, since he's entered the league as, I believe, a second-round pick, um, you know, the coaches have been and himself have been looking for more production as a pass rusher. Um, and that's something that I think that the Dolphins could really unlock in this defense that they haven't had in recent years, um, the interior pass rush. Um, we know what Jalen Phillips can do, Emmanuel Agbo when healthy. Um, Zach Sealer has provided a bit of an interior pass rush, but they don't really have that consistent presence. And I think that's kind of a um, – it's, it's a valued commodity because it's not in the NFL because you don't see it a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of teams who have, like, legitimate interior pass rushes, guys who can, like, actually dominate a game rushing from the interior – um, now, obviously, Raekwon Davis's primary goal is going to be, um, you know, stopping the run, you know, taking up blockers and opening up for his teammates. He mentioned that, you know, deep, new defensive coordinator, but his role is mostly going to be the same, maybe a little wrinkles here and there. Um, but again, that's just something to look out for. Um, you know, Dolphins need, I don't think they need one guy to be a superstar in this in this scheme, but I think that they need, you know, everyone to kind of play to their potential and their ability. Um, and maybe, you know, add something, just a, something a little extra. And for Raekwon Davis, um, you know, I think he got his first half sack this past season or so. Um, if he can, you know, kind of add that a little bit, just kind of push the pocket, collapse the pocket a little bit. Um, you know, it doesn't have to maybe get, you know, multiple, multiple sacks. But if he can add a little bit of pressure and make it tough for the quarterbacks if they're into the pocket, um, who knows? You know, that's just another dimension for this defense. Um, so good day for him as well. Um, again, Zach Sealer, not um, I think it was one of the defensive player, other defensive players not in uh, attendance, voluntary. I'm going to say that again and again and again when I'm mentioning guys who aren't there. Um, not a big deal, um, but it's good to see that, you know, he's not there and other guys are stepping up for this defense, which is going to be really exciting to watch over the next several months. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in the podcast, recapping the Dolphins' second OTA practice open to media. I um, want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Um, so next week, 
Gotta get my dates right. Next week, the Dolphins will be having three, three straight days of mandatory mini camps. Uh, hopefully, we get to see the whole 90 man roster for the most part. Uh, you know, some of the veterans who haven't been at the ball spray sessions show up here. Maybe Tyree Kill, some others, uh, and we'll have uh, plenty of news, breakdowns, recaps, all of that. Um, you know, I have uh, not only myself, but myself as well as Barry have recaps of uh, Dolphins OTA practice, as well as media availabilities from Mike McDaniel and other players. Uh, we spoke to Tyler Croft and Cedric Obwehi, two of the Dolphins' new veteran additions um, this month. They spoke to reporters for the first time after practice. Uh, so definitely want to go to the website, check out my story on what they had to say about the opportunity in Miami. Um, again, we'll be back next week uh, to recap more Dolphins football, more Dolphins offseason workout program. Uh, but until then, you get you guys take care. Enjoy the Heat series. Enjoy the Panther series. Uh, see you soon. Bye.